Welcome everyone to episode 16 of the BZ Powercast. I'm your host, Black Six, and I'd like to thank you all once again for downloading the show. We're going to start things off this month by talking about the BZPRPG with uh, Gato, Sison, and Nuju Metro. Then we have another how-to BZP with Van the Moa. After that, Spirit, Smeeg, and I look at death in the Bionicle storyline, as inspired by the recent Powers That Be serial. And we wrap things up with the most recent recording from the taped headphones. I hope you all enjoy it. So uh, here we go. Okay, with me now are Saison, uh Comrade Gato, and formerly Keanu Reeves, now back to Nuju Metro. And we're here to talk a little bit about the BZP RPG. How's it going, everyone? Pretty well. It's going well. Good. All right, so uh, Gato, as uh, you know, one of the BZP RPG staff members, you kind of have the most insight as to what's been going on and what's going to happen. You want to give a, a little brief overview, maybe, of the RPG as a whole? Uh, yeah, basically the RPG as a whole, it has a uh, very lush and rich background. And unfortunately, it beca- it really does at times become a tangled mess of very stories and arcs. And basically, uh, we're trying to re-envision the RPG for the uh, upcoming year. We're uh, talking about a uh, complete reboot and starting again from square one. We're talking about uh, taking it back really to the uh, trying to re, you know, re-envision the RPG and capture, uh, you know, like the early years of Bionicle, uh, 2001, 2002, the modern new feel. We're thinking about taking it in that direction. Okay. So, uh, John, Aaron, anything you'd like to add as far as how the current RPG has been going? And you know, well, I think. Things have been kind of slow of late. I mean, half, half of the staff seems to be totally missing, you know, which is real life totally fine. But there's not a lot of action going on. The big plot arc that was planned out because of war is not really moving anywhere. So, you know, yeah, things, not, things are kind of slow. We're looking forward uh, to the re- Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. I mean, I'm not very active right now. But Neither. with the reboot, people can start fresh and they don't have to worry about knowing what's happened and they can just jump right in fresh. Right, it's it's actually kind of like, uh, you know, Bionicle a couple of years ago when we went to, you know, the new world. It was kind of getting rid of some of that baggage to uh, give a fresh start. So hopefully uh, that'll, you know, be able to get people who maybe previously weren't interested in joining because there's a lot to uh, catch up on. Yeah, definitely have, uh, catch up on. Yeah. I think definitely. that... Uh, Making things simpler again will be helpful. That's usually the number one complaint. People say it's too massive to jump into. Alright, so um, anything else you'd like to add, Gato, about uh, any of the plans? or? Um, yeah, I just, you know, we're really excited about, uh, well, I'm really excited. I know the rest of the BZP RPG staff as well. We're really excited about uh, where we're going with this and... Uh, we're just going to basically try to make the whole entire BZP RPG more user-friendly and easier to get into. All right. What about for the uh, people who have, you know, already kind of started with it? How's that going to affect what gameplay is already in place? Can you tell us about that? Um, well, we're hoping... Well, basically, uh, it's going to be a fresh slate. You will be able to... Uh, all of your old characters, you're allowed to recreate them in the new environment. But stuff oh, like, yeah, like tech- yeah, stuff like your backstory from the old years and all that. Where, because we don't want too much to carry over, so that way new users don't get confused. But we don't just want to nullify everything that's happened in the past. Yeah, I know. Uh, McSmeeg and Friar Tuck um, had some rather long conversations about that at Brick Fair this past year, you know, because it was the thing, like, how, you know, they've been developing these characters and such for years, and you don't want to just throw that all out the window, because that's, you know, a lot of hard work and creativity that people have been putting into it. Right. See, I think about uh, characters, what makes them really good is not necessarily having a character had existing, you know, for, like, years and all that character development. It's the potential 
for character development that's really unique about a character and that makes him fun to play as. So I think dropping all of the baggage that's like past is, it shouldn't be too much of a detriment to people who have, have really strong characters because a character's personality will still remain. Right, yeah, so they're, you know, it's going to be like a new new universe, but all the things that people like about their characters will still be there. Mm-hmm. Alright, John, you've been kind of quiet. Anything you'd uh, like to add? Well, I mean, I just started the BZPRPG uh, when I became staff, so I'm, I've not been invested in it much, but I know bringing, losing a character, it sounds like you're going to lose your characters, but you're not really, because you can still play as them. And I talked to Smink about it, and you can reintegrate your character, just not all the long-winded information. Right, and then, you know, it's kind of at the same time. It's, everyone's going to be faced with the same proposition, so hopefully that will make it not quite so bad. Yeah, easier. Yeah, I'm personally to... looking forward to all the new people, too. Right. Yeah, that would be fun. So, There's a lot of great writers on here, and we so, don't um, have... You know, speaking of new people, you know, there's a lot of, there's a very core um, segment that is very active in the BZPRPG, but uh, we always are welcoming new blood. So, you know, even before the reboot, people are welcome to join. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about, you know, maybe the, the basic gameplay and mechanics of, for people who might not be familiar with text-based RPGs? Yeah, sure. Uh, do you guys want to, I'll, I'll do it, Okay. Uh, so. you, can all, you can all pitch in. Right. Yeah, so text-based RPG is basically like, uh, imagine an R- a regular RPG, you know, you play as a character or multiple characters through the course of a story. The only difference here is that the story is portrayed through writing and your characters are explained through writing. What it basically, it basically is like, uh, for a post, you will be like ri- almost writing a little segment of a story about a certain character or from a certain character's point of view. And uh, that little bit of a story will interact with the in, with other people's characters who will be doing the same thing. Everyone's working together. They're writing their own stories just to be part of a larger story at once. Right, so it's kind of like, you know, one part Dungeons and Dragons, one part like a collaborative epic kind of thing. It, it's mm-hmm. really fun and it's totally yeah. unique. I mean, really underrated, I feel like. It's also worth noting that we put more aspect, more emphasis on the uh, role-playing part. There isn't so much as a game, like as in with dice rolling and stats and all that. There's no winner. Yeah, there's no winner. There are no winners in the BZP RPG. Right, yeah. Some, some of the text-based RPGs definitely have a more, you know, statistics and gameplay-oriented mm-hmm. design. But the BZP RPG is, like, yeah, more, more collaborative it's and really just everyone have a good time. Therapy. Open. Right. At, at least at the moment. I don't know how things are going to be after the big reboot. Uh, the whole entire main system of, you know, that we won't be implementing any kind of set system at the reboot. Right, so yeah, you can expect, you know, more more of the same in that regard as far as how to participate. Mm-hmm. All right, any tips or pointers you want to give uh, people who might want to join either now or after the reboot happens? Oh, yes. There are a lot. Uh, <laughs> You, you guys can go ahead first. I feel like I've been talking a lot. Um, well, people just need to be open and more welcoming to new people and fresh faces because it'll really help out the gameplay. Right, yeah, especially if you know someone's new, they, they might not be as familiar and you've mm-hmm. got to help show them the ropes so they can uh, you know, enjoy it as much as all the uh, longtime players have been. Exactly. Yeah. All right. uh, another tip, I think, would be that if you're a new player... Don't start off, or try to start off super powerful or super established because that doesn't work out. And then people get kind of annoyed with that. I know I get a little bit. Uh, I, I was annoyed. I was probably would be annoyed at myself when I started because I tried <laughs> being a lot bigger. Yeah, I did that with. I should have been, and it's kind of asshole. Yeah, I tried to do that with the guild thing, and that like was a big bombshell. <laughs> the guild thing in total was a big bombshell. Yeah, the. Guilds in general were just a horrible idea, and we don't talk about them. <laughs> but at least we learn from our mistakes, you know. Yes, yes, we're trying to learn from our mistakes with this uh, reboot. All right. Uh, another tip, I think, would be uh, focus the most on the character as a person, their powers and what they can do and what they have done, 
is not as important or as interesting as what kind of uh, how they react to things and what kind of interactions they have with other characters. That's that's really really where the uh, I think where the BZP RPG has a lot of its uh, importance and its uniqueness, or should have that uniqueness. And um, just another uh, little tip is um, always remember it's just a game. It's nothing to really get worked over. I mean, just as there are no winners, there are also no losers. You can't lose the BZP RPG. You can't win. It's just a game that you're supposed to enjoy. All right. Indeed. Yeah, it's it's you know like you said it's a story. It's not you know something that uh, someone can do better than you at. Well, you definitely can do better. <laughs> I w- I would I think it's really important to push people, new people, and also old people to do their best with this game. So really put a lot of thought into your post. Don't just do like three words of dialogue for a post. That's a waste of a post. Talk about the facial expressions and the feelings and what they're seeing around them that really makes a post a lot more fun to read and to write right yeah definitely be very you know descriptive and uh you know think plan you can plan ahead as far as you know what is what their actions that they're doing now how is that going to affect you know the future and how might it affect their characters oh yeah planning ahead is a big thing we've got way too many masterminds in this game (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes you might not want to plan ahead? Is that what you're saying? Just go with the flow? Well, I think that uh, playing organically is very, very fun if you can get it to work. Like, uh, there's this one time one of my characters, he's this really, uh, he's kind of a jerk. And uh, I think that through interactions with uh, this one character that he met by chance, and organically there's this uh, interaction between them, and it really changed the character that I was working with, and I think it's a lot of fun when that happens. So anything else you guys would uh, like to add? I can't think of anything. Uh, nothing besides the fact that we're really looking forward to uh, what's coming ahead in the BZP RPG. Right, so as as we mentioned before, you know, the main staff of the RPGs, uh, you know, McSmeag and Friar Tuck and uh, MZ have been uh, really busy, but there is a plan in place, and hopefully we can... Uh, work on implementing that you know, in the coming months or next year. Sometime yeah, soon, definitely hopefully. Definitely feel free to join up right now, too. Yeah, but that, that shouldn't be, you know, a reason to not join now. Yeah. And, you know, especially if you're a new member and you're not sure, you know, how things work, it would be a good time because you can kind of get a feel for things and you know that once we reboot, you kind of have a, a fresh start, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this should really be like... This should really be like a learning time where you can learn the ropes before, you know, the reboot happens, and then you can, uh, then you have a better handle on what's going on. Right. So, you know, if you're interested, head over to the RPG forum, the Creative Outlet, read through uh, the few pin topics up there, and then uh, you can, you know, make your couple, uh, your character, and start playing. Make your debut. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on and talking about that. No problem. Not and a problem. Yeah, hopefully we can get the new RPG up and running soon. Back once again is Van the Moa, here to uh, do this month's How to BZP. How's it going? Pretty good, how about you? Not too bad. So what are we going to talk about this month? I think we're going to talk about the different staff positions this month. Right, so... uh, you know, especially in new member Q&A, you see a lot of people can get confused about uh, all the different positions on the staff and who does what. So uh, we thought we should go into that a little bit to help clear things up. So where are we starting off? Um, well, we're going to talk a little bit at first about how uh, they're organized into different kind of overarching groups. All right. So what are those groups? So we have, you know, the new staff, which are the writers. You know, led by you, blog staff, which you know they maintain the blogs and make sure that you're not breaking the rules there. Mm-hmm. Um, we got reference staff, and they're in charge of making sure all our reference material stays up to date, sort of, kind of, I guess. <laughs> well, their job is a little bit less now that uh, Bonacle's ending, but yeah. And then uh, form staff, you know, is in charge of maintaining the form, and then there's administration. Right. So, yeah, to go uh, a little bit more in-depth briefly, we have the, the, the news staff, which is primarily a bunch of uh, reporters, 
like you said, head by me. Um, so, you know, they are responsible for posting news on the front page and making sure we get stuff up every day. Then uh, we have the blog staff. So what are the groups in there? We just got the leader and the assistant. Right. There's only one so, leader at a time. Yes. DV is our blog leader, and uh, he leads a group of blog assistants, and they'll uh, go through the blogs on a regular basis, making sure people um, you know, follow the rules and everything, and they set the policy for the blogs. They run the blog alert account. So uh, if you have a problem with blogs or with something on the blogs, you should uh, send a PM to uh, one of the blog assistants. Uh, next up, like you said, you had the reference staff, which yep. is the reference masters and the reference keepers. Yep. And, uh, you know, they don't do too much as far as policy and enforcement on BZ Power. They just handle things like keeping the set database and our reference section up to date. And, uh, you know, they'll help out with contests. And in the past, they've handled our uh, BZ Power uh, quizzes. Yep. All right, so the next, the biggest one is the forum staff. So you want Indeed. to talk about those positions a bit? Sure, we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. All right. Got the mentors. They're kind of, uh, you know, they kind of take the position of the old support team. They're in charge of just, uh, you know, watching over the whole forum, making sure people stay in line. You know, it's their responsibility to report stuff to the higher staff when something goes wrong. And then they also... Uh, are mostly in charge of making sure posts get approved. Right. So, you know, a mentor is someone who uh, helps other people and, you know, kind of puts them on the right path. So the position was created for them, you know, primarily to help out newer members who might not be familiar with all the rules and to, you know, make sure that they're aware of what they need to be doing and, you know, to, for, to uh, improve their stay on BZ Power and make it the best possible for everyone. Uh, like you said, you know, they, they approve the posts of the new members and, uh, you know, they're just kind of everywhere on the forums and such, making sure everything's going well. So what's next? Um, form assistants and they're, you know, they're kind of our frontline workers. They're the ones, I mean, their primary responsibility is closing topics in the forms that they're assigned. And then they also, you know, do the general responsibilities that form mentors have as well, so they can, I believe they can approve posts. Right, and yeah, in their forms they can approve posts. Like you said, they, they'll close topics, um, they help out with contests, and you know, they can assist in setting policy in different forums, and uh, keeping you know, official topics and pin topics up to date a lot of times. Right. Alright, so what comes after them? Then we have the form leaders, and they are the uh, primary people in charge of the individual forms. They're, you know, they're the ones mainly in charge of deciding, you know, what official topics should we have, what are the rules. They work on, you know, moving, deleting, uh, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, their say is, you know, the final say in that form, unless an administrator says otherwise. Right, yeah, so, you know, they kind of supervise the assistants in their forums and work with them, like, you know, in addition to moderation to you know, run contests and stuff as well. Uh, you know, the forum leaders are usually the hosts of the contests. Let's say, you know, they, close, they can close topics, you know, they'll delete posts and such if they're spam, uh, move things to the right forum, lots of stuff uh, along those lines, you know. Things that the forum assistants can't do, but that don't usually come up as often, so we can uh, stand to have fewer forum leaders in, in the thick of things. Right. All right. And uh, next up? My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, global moderator. Um, so basically, they are form leaders who uh, are very exceptional people and deserve the utmost respect from that now. <laughs> uh, um, they're just, you know, they're basically super moderators. They have the ability to moderate in every form, you know, not just the ones they are assigned to, but they do generally stay more than the ones they are assigned to. Mm -hmm. And then they also have the ability to moderate profiles as well. Right, and also blogs, don't forget that. Right. So, Since, yeah, they're, they're kind oh, of... I never do that. <laughs> they're kind of everywhere. Um, you know, the, the position was created for those forum leaders who uh, have shown, you know, a lot of responsibility as well as 
um, earn you know the respect of others, and we trust you guys you know to uh, keep things under control. And if you know an administrator's not around, you can take uh, some action to you know make sure to keep things in line until we can get uh, a hold of it. That actually we we kind of forgot that with the form leaders they can also. Uh, add and remove proto. No, oh, that's right. As as can global moderators. But they can only do it in their forms. Right. So, you know, if they if the form leaders or the global moderators see uh, members doing something that, you know, that's either very good and helpful, or you know, if they're consistently breaking the rules, they can uh, either increase or reduce your proto level as they see fit. And uh-huh. uh, I guess globals, you can also suspend uh, members or take away their posting privileges. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, so you know, if, like like I said, if uh, an administrator is not around, you can do we that until one of we our can get on. Fun little events or whatever. Yeah. All right, so that uh, pretty much covers them, and so that brings us to the administration team. Yep. And they're just two real groups there. You got the form administrators who are mostly in charge of form policy and uh, you know just overall form, you know, administration side of things. Right, yeah, they help run the day-to-day operations on the forums. You know, um, they're a big part of helping uh, select new staff members and uh, assigning them to the proper forums and things like that. And, uh, you know, just keeping BZ Power running. And then, of course, we have, you know, the BZ Power administrators. That would be me. Right. And, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty much, we're the owners of the site. You know, we run things. We set all the overall policy and uh, make, you know, all the big decisions that have to be made. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it can be uh, a bit busying at times, but, you know, we got to get it done. It's got to be done, otherwise uh, the site won't be running for too much longer. <laughs> uh, so I guess, you know, one thing we can uh, also go into detail because it confuses people as far as who they should report things to. You know, if you see something wrong in a particular topic in a forum, what should you do to report that, Nate? That's easy. Just use the button that says report on it. So, yeah, that'll go to the forum assistants and the forum leaders of that forum so they can take the uh, proper action there. Right. Um, If you see signature violations or profile violations, who should you report that to? Um, we'd prefer it if you sent it to the form assistant or yeah, form assistants. Mm-hmm. They have a uh, system in place that they can uh, relay that information to uh, the global moderators. Right. So yeah, and you know, obviously, anything that's going on in the blogs, you'd report to a blog assistant. Right. And so, I, w- I would just like to point out, we'd prefer it if you don't send SIG reports directly to uh, global moderators, just because we are busy and we have you know other PMs that come in all the time so right same thing with administrators too you know right like we said we have a system in place where the form assistants get them and they go through them all to you know verify that there is in fact something going on and they'll you know uh, sort them and put them in a place where it's really easy for the global moderators to take care of them so definitely follow that and um, you know just in general if you have an issue you know, you don't have to go to the global moderators or the fo- or the administrators, you know, to begin with. If there's a topic that was closed that you think, you know, shouldn't have been closed, go to the staff member who closed it first, you know, and then you can, you know, go to the forum leader, etc. Uh, you don't need to be dragging in myself or right, yeah. Van or any of the other globals or admins, Please you know, for, for small <laughs> little things. <laughs> I mean, we're we're willing to help, and yeah, you know, it's our why we're here is to help people. But at the same time, you know, we do have a lot of other stuff on our plates that we have to worry about. Right. All right. Anything else you can think of? Uh, not off the top of my head. I think we covered things pretty well. All right. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, that was helpful to you guys, and you know, hopefully cleared up maybe some confusion that's going on. And uh, thanks for coming on, Nate. Thanks for having me. All right. Talk to you later. Yep. With me now are Spirit and McSmeeg to uh, talk about some uh, storyline topics, the recent uh, serial, The Powers That Be, and some of the uh, subjects and issues that that has kind of uh, raised and, 
you know, it's just some general discussions on the story. So how's it going, guys? Doing Not too well? bad. All right. So, um, you know, uh, one of the serials that's going on right now is The Powers That Be, and uh, it's recently had its second chapter released. So, uh, Spirit, you want to tell us a little bit about what's been going on there? Okay, so basically Kopaka has gotten a little sidetracked from his whole mission surrounding figuring out what's going on with the Toamari, and he's found himself teamed up with Pohatu again, just like at the beginning of the storyline. Only rather than looking for masks, they're instead looking for someone who is, has been killing off uh, the old bad guys. So in Chapter 1, uh, they find the corpse of Karzani, and it's looking like Lesovic might be behind it. And then in Chapter 2, they find the exploded remains of Tren Krom, and they have no idea who's behind it. So, yeah. All right. Yep. So Greg has said, you know, this is uh, kind of his foray into the murder mystery genre. So, um, but one thing, you know, obviously these these two characters who at one time were fairly prominent in the storyline are are now dead, and you know, in the past years over uh, the course of the storyline, uh, quite a number of characters have met their demise. So we thought that would be something uh, interesting to talk about. You know, I guess we can kick things off with uh, talking about how we feel about this story and um, these characters and the whole murder mystery idea guys have any thoughts on that well uh murder mystery isn't completely new uh he greg did try a murder mystery before with uh the short story the many deaths of toa two yet uh rather than kill off main characters though it just killed off background matoran and told a story about one of lakan's fellow toa um this seems to be more of an in-depth mystery rather than a Surprise, last second. Ah, you were behind it all. <laughs> yeah. And it's worth noting that that, that model, uh, the previous model, is more akin to the usual uh, traditional murder mystery adventure regardless. Um, this is a little something different um, where it's actually main characters being killed, um, which is, uh, you know, usually Sherlock Holmes comes in, it's a character who's been killed that we've never heard of before in the previous stories. Right, you oh. can you could look at you know a lot of crime dramas on you know TV and such. They always start out with someone dying, but you know it's not like a main character. It's just someone had to die for the episode to even you know take place. Exactly, well, if which I think is the main characters. The show wouldn't run for very long. <laughs> exactly, which I think is what what has this bring up. What you know normally this might be oh this is benign. This isn't that out of the ordinary. But I think that's why. This brings up the issue of death in Bionicle and how frequently it's been used, particularly in the past few years, and, uh, and it may call into question the uh, legitimacy of how it's been used. Uh, is worth debating. Right. So, you know, like you said, uh, Spirit, um, if you kill off the main characters, this series won't last very long, but at the same time, uh, that it's kind of exactly what's going on here. It just so happens that Bionicle, over the years, has gotten a lot of main characters, so to speak. So, um, do you want to talk maybe about some previous uh, deaths that have happened over the years, and you know how we feel about you know some of those in particular, and then the death and deaths in Bonacle in general? All right. Anyone have any characters they'd like to uh, bring up? Well, I'd like to bring up. I mean, I I think death is kind of an interesting subject in Bonacle because I think it's been used moderately well and really terribly too. <laughs> Um, depending on the case. Um, I, one thing I really oppose is using death as a cheap plot device um, or just a, or a shock material. And I think that's definitely been done in Bionicle a number of times. Um, it's like, uh, oh, hey, we're killing people in the story. It's, it's hardcore, you know, this is cool, which is ridiculous. And then there's also the, you know, death that's completely useless to the story. Um, I think a really prime example of this is Nocturne, which still breaks my heart. Uh, partially because I really love the character Nocturne. He was really fabulous, but, but uh, for personal reasons. But, uh, um, but he, he was, we were just told completely outside of the story um, that he was dead. It was just announced that, oh, yeah, by the way, Nocturne's dead. We're not going to show you how he died. It's not going to have any significance at all. It's just this character off in the background, and, oh, he's dead now, by the way. You know, it's not, not even... Uh, not even shown on screen at all. And uh and I think that's really what's the point? I mean, why do that? 
you're, you're not really getting anything out of it. And you're just going to disappoint people by it. Um, and I think that's that's it, the the fact that that's such a shame is intensified by when there is actually a good death in the story. Like uh, Mutrans is a good example of that. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but um, where he actually was, it completed his character arc where he was this scientist Makuta obsessed with studying everything, and it's kind of like a uh, kind of like the Icarus story. He went, uh, he flew too close to the sun, um, you know, trying to do what he loved to do, what he wanted to do, um, and he was destroyed by studying the storm. And I think that that's an example of good death in Bionicle. Um, and uh, but the fact that we've had these uh, phalanxes of characters thrown away with no reason or rhyme or conclusion to their story arcs or significance to the story is uh, is downright reprehensible from a literary <laughs> perspective. All right, Spirit. Any uh, anything to add? Any characters t- that you'd like to mention? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is kind of ways of cheapening death. So let's take Botar, for instance. Uh, he's the guy who teleports everyone around for the Order of Matanui. Uh, he got killed kind of in like a sentence in one of the serials um, by Icarax, I think. And then they kind of brought back his, like another member of his species that essentially did the exact same thing as his character. So it's as if he didn't die at all. So... <laughs> So that this, always kind of bugged me. So it was kind of a character who wasn't really developed that much, but had you know a very niche purpose. But once they died, they just kind of found someone else to uh, exactly. Fit yeah, yeah. That, re- that reminds me a lot of a movie that I'm not sure I should reference on Beezy, but uh, <laughs> suffice to say, one of the characters dies in it, and then the next day, um, his twin brother shows up, and uh, that that nobody knew of beforehand. None of, none of his friends knew of his twin brother and he shows up and um and he says uh he comes in and he's like I'd like to take a spot on our on our team and and uh if it if it wouldn't be too awkward could you call me by his name and they're like <laughs> it's like he never died at all seems <laughs> so, like that's being more used in an ironic sense and uh that yeah sense. yeah it was it was intentionally stupid in there but that's actually like being done in bionicle mm-hmm. and being played straight which is kind of silly I mean, you uh, you mentioned uh, Mutron, and you know, in at that era, you know, that point in the Bionicle story, a bunch of different Makuta all died during those energy storms. Uh, how did you guys feel about you know that, um, you know that storyline development? Well, I was a little disappointed that the Makuta didn't really put up that much of a fight. I mean, we spent like what was it, six years or whatever, fighting. Uh, Makuta Teradax, and then we get all these other guys in, and it's just two groups of three Toa fend them off easily. It was kind of a little disappointing there. But it was kind of clever that uh, Makuta Teradax's entire plan involved tricking all his fellow Makuta into essentially walking right into a death trap. Yeah, although it's if we're speaking of death, I mean, uh, he even not necessarily in the uh, physical sense of death. There's also the, uh, you know, the death of the Makuta as a, uh, the Makuta species as a legitimate threat, like you just said there. Um, for have what seven years of the story, we had this just one, just one Makuta as as the uh, the big bad, um, completely nigh unstoppable threat. And then suddenly, once more of them appear in the story, they're like they're they're no more powerful than your average joe and that the toa just deal with them like they did the baraki or the piraka or the rahi and it's uh it's the like i said it's the death of them as a legitimate threat and that's an interesting thing that might be worth bringing up yeah that's uh could be a topic for another day in that regard it's definitely something you see in a lot of uh other stories as well uh especially that you know as they keep burning longer yeah exactly uh, I guess probably one of the, the most prominent deaths that's happened in the uh, Bonacle story is the death of Matoro. So that should probably be something we should bring up. Yeah, I, I felt that that's was a... kind of justified, though. Like, it was explained that, like, pretty early on in the whole Mask of Life story arc that putting on the mask is pretty much a death sentence. So, like, it was kind of clear that once we found out that he was supposed to be the person who was going to wear the mask, and wearing the mask brought Matanui back to life after he had died, it was kind of a logical conclusion that he would die, and it kind of wasn't 
out of the blue, and it was a nice uh, resolution to his character, kind of sacrificing himself for the whole world. Right, yeah. so that might be a, in an instance where the death was, you know, relevant and, you know, good for the story as opposed to, you know, not really necessary. Yeah, and I think, I mean, one of the reoccurring themes of Bionicle is is that of uh, the whole unity thing, and, and part of that has been shown to be sacrifice for the for the sake of, you know, the old Spock adage, uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And, um, you know, we've seen Jala, um, although I might call that a cheap death, too personally, but that's another <laughs> thing altogether. Um, but Lee, Lee Khan um, is, is a good example of um, he sacrificed himself to save, I don't know, the main characters. <laughs> um, and so there's there's that reoccurring theme that I think justifies Motoro's in some way, although certainly at the time that it was done, it was really played up a lot. Um, and I think they really, there was a lot of shock factor that was involved since that was that was the first major character death that stayed in Bionicle, correct me if I'm wrong, Likan died and stayed dead, but he wasn't what I would necessarily call a major character, at least not at the time. Right, I mean, Matoro had existed since, you know, 2001. Yeah, exactly. He was in the first comic, he was the third character introduced, Mm -hmm. as I recall. Or second, second character. Yeah, second character. Yeah, so he was a, like, I I think I would, I would not be out of, uh, out of line to say that he was the first major character killed that stayed dead. Um, and so there, that was shocking in and of itself, but I think the shock factor was played up a lot in, in uh, relaying this to us. Um, and I think it also opened the floodgates for what followed, which was a lot of killing for no reason in the story series. I remember at one point talking with Rob um, and, uh, and he was reading through the stories. <laughs> he was just like, man, it seems like the whole point of these serials online is just, hey, let's see how many characters we can kill and see how much of a rise we can get out of the fans for it. <laughs> and that's really how it, it felt like in a lot of ways. And, you know, in, at one end of the spectrum is, you know, the s- serials are in many ways targeted more towards BZ Power and the online community. You know, while I'm sure a lot of you know, just general fans uh, do visit bonnacle.com and bonnaclestory.com. You know, a lot of it is mainly driven, I think, by, you know, BZ Power and uh, Biosector 01. So a lot of, you know, the members on the site ask for, you know, more action and they, they like the darker uh, themes, that, you know, it seems. So it's right. kind of, you know, Greg catering to our, you know, the audience that he has. Which, in that regard, is you know good. While not everyone may agree with it, at least he is uh, listening. Yeah, although it brings up the question of um, uh, what's the right way to go about responding to that. And I mean, I could bring into questions of literary integrity here, but I mean, I don't know if that's a subject worth bringing up when we're just talking about a a storyline made to advertise children's toys. But <laughs> but um, but um, uh, is is seeing you know groups and groups of people being killed left and right necessarily what people mean when they say they want a more adult-oriented story or a more action-packed story? Um, and I think the past of Bionicle has shown that you can have action without necessarily having death. Now, I'm not saying death is a bad thing in a story, but I mean, look at the Rakshi. I mean, they were terrifying. Um, and uh, they, yeah, well, I mean, arguable, but. but uh, but I think they they did a good job of of showing a lot of action uh, in those past years, without having, you know, action means people die. Action means people die left and right, and that's not what action means. That's not also what dark and gritty means. And um, and I I'm not necessarily sure. Ran- okay, actually, I'm going to come out and say it. I think randomly killing people is not what the fans want, <laughs> and that's not the right way to go about putting edginess in your story i'm doing i'm doing little finger quotes as i say edginess by the way <laughs> um, this is not the right way to incorporate into that into your story that's just what i was saying earlier about just using it as a cheap plot device to say oh yeah bionicle's edgy we kill people in it <laughs> that doesn't mean anything any uh other instances examples you'd uh, like to bring up um well, I have a whole list here of people who have died. So I guess starting alphabetically, we can look at Ancient. Uh, he's the Dark Hunter who was the Shadowed One's number two guy, or number one guy, I guess. Second in command, basically. Um, I was kind of disappointed that he died right after he got interesting as a character. 
So we found out he was secretly a double agent working for the good guys. And then he gets killed off in the next chapter. That disappointed me. Yeah. All right. What else? Who else we got on this list that you'd like to talk about? Um, well, you know, I noticed Jala is absent from the list, uh, presumably because he was resurrected. And I think that brings up a point. Um, if we're talking about people I, I think should have died in the story, um, you know, I've just talked about uh, people that I don't think should have died. But here's, here's one I think that should have. I'm going to catch a lot of flack from this, and it pains me to say it because, you know, I'm an old, old, old fart fan from 2001, too. But I think Jala should have stayed dead. I don't think he should have been brought back to life. Um, I think oh. that would have, I think that would have, um, I think that took away a lot of the motivation between Takua's maturation into Takanuva um, and a lot of the, um, the emotional pain that drove him to confront Makuta in the first place. I also think it ended up, it rose, at the time I thought the resurrection brought up a thread in Makuta that I wanted to see explored more. But that ended up never being, you know, the idea that there was some good in Makuta. But that never ended up being touched upon again. Um, so it ended up rendering the entire resurrection of Jala completely pointless in terms of the story. And I, I think nothing, nothing ended up coming out of his death or his resurrection. And so it ended up just being like, hey, look what we can do in the movie. And nothing came of it. Yeah, his whole death was kind of a weird thing. Like, first of all, he gets killed by having fear blasted into him somehow <laughs> oh but real then, world physics don't apply him <laughs> <laughs> then he comes back to life and apparently uh it was supposed to have a bigger Im- impact on the story like there was supposed to be some subplot about oh no you have makuta's life in you you're secretly evil but then one of the books didn't get published it got axed from the schedule so they had to remove that entire plot line but apparently we're going to learn more about it in the somewhat near future. I don't really know. But it, I, I agree. It, would, it might have been better if he had died yeah. and stayed dead. And on that note of resurrections, another character I didn't really agree with coming back to life was Toa 2 yet. So this is a Toa on Likon's team who supposedly uh, died um, after being sent to the pit for be- just being a, a bad person. But actually, it turns out, was sent to a different dimension, escaped that dimension, traveled through several dimensions, and meanwhile was replaced with her duplicate from another dimension. Something very convoluted to bring her back into the storyline that just <laughs> was a bit much, I thought. And, like, what's the reason of bringing her back at all, anyway? Just to use her name again, probably. Yeah, so we couldn't... Ins- so instead of... Instead of bringing her back to life, why couldn't we just have uh, had a different character that already exists and then removed some of the reason to thin out the cast? Because, hey, we're actually using people. <laughs> I don't know. It seems illogical. You're right. Anyone else on this list uh, you'd like to bring up? Um, there was a lot of outrage when Karapar, Karapar, however you say that, uh, died. Mm-hmm. Um, Personally, I'm fine with him dying. He wasn't really the smartest character, and running at Tren Krom with your sword, trying to kill him, is... You, you deserve to die for that, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's also Guardian. He was a dark hunter. Um, he kind of had a really short lifetime in the storyline. Um, I guess his death kind of had meaning, though, showing that uh, Makuta wasn't really going to hold back now that he had taken over the universe. Okay, maybe uh, let's... Pick one or two more, talk about them, and then we can uh, wrap things up. Well, I'm looking at, you know, like, Tren Krom and uh, Karzani, the being rather than the plant, um, as they're so uh, carefully labeled here. <laughs> but, um, the, <laughs> I mean, the, that's actually kind of an, another uncomfortable issue about this serial um, and, and the people that it's been choosing so far to kill. They're both, like, handicapped people. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, you can make the argument that they're useless to the story um, because of Karzani's brain dead. Uh, but And uh, Chen Krom's, you know, I don't know, ugly or whatever his problem is. Well, he can't <laughs> but, move. He was bound to his island. Gotcha. I think it's, I think it's, I don't know. In a lot of ways, those seem like much more interesting characters with those sort of handicaps put on them. Um, and, and And I'm not even getting into the whole, you know, 
you know, I'm, I'm not going to bring up the PC. Oh, we're killing off the disabled people thing because yeah, that's <laughs> that's a whole other thing entirely. But um, but uh, I don't know. Those people seem honestly like they could have a, a more interesting presence alive in the story. And if we're going to thin out the cast, why don't we thin out the hordes of people that are exactly the same, like all these Toa that have the same powers and same physical fitness and or you know, all, all these people, all these dime a dozen villains that are doing the same thing. Well, why don't we keep the interesting ones that look different and act differently like these two and see what we could do interestingly with them? I don't know. I think they're, I think they're killing off the wrong characters here. <laughs> All right, so I guess uh, let's wrap this up, maybe. Any closing? Oh. Rem- oh. I, I do notice one more name on the list that I I have a problem with. Um, there was a Matoran introduced in the first few paragraphs of one of the books who was introduced just to die, and I thought this was a horrible waste of a name since apparently there's a whole hassle to go through getting to use a name in Bionicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Raysa. He maybe lived for a few paragraphs and then died, and I. It always kind of bugged me. I didn't see why Greg couldn't have just referred to him as he, the Matoran, <laughs> or even yeah. just used some other Matoran that was you know already around. It's not like there there aren't a lot of them that uh, have been added <laughs> to the universe over the years. Well, th- yeah. this was the, like the one of the first guys we saw in the new city of Mari Nui, so we wouldn't have known anyone okay. there, but. There's a term we used to use back in the day uh, for characters like that in our in our kidvid media, high and die characters. <laughs> they show up and they die a second later. Um, and it's always funny when they get names like that. I remember um, back in the old Transformers comics from the 80s, uh, um, you'd have just hordes of people that would just show <laughs> I'm not saying that they had great uh, storyline integrity either. <laughs> but, um, uh, you'd have just hordes of characters that, if if it was a character that didn't have a toy, you knew he was one who was going to die, basically. <laughs> and um, so it's that same kind of effect uh, that was going on here with that guy. Um, you know, sometimes you get a name from, sometimes you don't. But I think you're right in that it's unusual to have the named ones uh, show up like that these days with Bionicle, since it's uh, since it's a hassle to get the names in there. Yeah, I know Craig has mentioned you know several times about having to go through the, the approval process with the names list, so. It does uh, seem a little out of place. All right, guys. Uh, any closing thoughts or comments? Not really. I think we kind of singled out the the deaths we had a problem with, mm-hmm. and there are many deaths that I'm completely fine with. Like, like just for some characters to be developed, like all of Lacan's team being dead, all the Makuta being dead, that kind of develops every like the survivors a bit more. I think. Even yeah. if uh, some of the survivors end up dying later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in in the Makuta's case. Yeah, and I mentioned earlier, I thought Mutran was a good example of, of a good death in the story as it completed his character arc. And, mm-hmm. uh, right, it definitely it was fit also the character. Perfect timing, just as he's about to figure out how to harness the ultimate power. Zap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming on and recording. And I uh, appreciate it, and hopefully I'll talk to both of you in the future. Anytime. Yeah. That just about wraps up our episode this month. I hope you all enjoyed it. As always, be sure to uh, leave us comments and feedback in the talkback, or uh, rate us on iTunes. We uh, appreciate all the feedback to help us make a better show. Once again, we're going to close things out with a recording by the Taped Headphones, which features Mixmeeg and High Husky, and I will see you guys all next month. Two of us riding away, spending someone's hard pay. You and me, Sunday driving. Not arriving on our way back home. We're on our way home. We're on our way home. We're going home. Two of us sending postcards, writing letters. On my wall, you and 
stretches out ahead. Two of us wearing raincoats, standing solo in the sun. You and me chasing paper, getting nowhere. So is that how I'll be starting? Just a brief summary of the whole serial so far? Yeah, well, all two chapters. <laughs> all right. This, uh, whew, that's a lot. <laughs>